Hey guys, what's up? Uh, another episode of Coffee is for Closers. Me and Pat today. We're going to be talking about personal branding, I guess, how to use it, how it affects the the person who is the face of the brand, yeah. how you keep your agency as a human being and still, you know, not get canceled, um, and why it is sometimes advantageous to do a personal brand over a more corporate brand. That's it. Yeah. So watch it. Or else. Dum, dum, dum. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Hey, so I was in the comments the other day and I like, you're not meant to do that. You're not meant to do that, but I am because that's my job is to read all the comments and stuff. Yeah. And there's a couple of funny things that sort of triggered me that this would be something we should talk about. And I think, uh, both of us at about the same time. And I think we sort of spoke about this one time at my place and we sort of put it out as like a YouTube video link to that. Um, but it, we spoke about how we had made the conscious decision of, okay, like our own social media profiles were going to be the front of our businesses. Yeah. Uh, and that that requires like a change in the way that you would act. And sometimes since then, I get kind of... Not jealous, but I, no, definitely not jealous. That's not the right word. But I'm shocked by the way that some people interact online. And I think, do you not care for your personal brand, sir? <laughs> and then I, and then I realize like, oh, no, no they, they don't. don't. <laughs> right? Cause if you've got a job somewhere and you're getting paid a salary and they don't care about what you do online, like I see a lot of people just getting up to madness online yeah. and it, it shocks me. Yeah. What's even more shocking is the people who do rely on their personal brand, but they're still just YOLO it. Yeah. So, which I do kind of respect, <laughs> like to a point. But I think what sort of triggered this, and I won't, um, I won't even bother saying the post, and certainly not the guy's username, because I don't want to sort of add any traction to it, and it's irrelevant. Like I don't give a shit about the guy, and I'm sure you care even less than me. Um, but on a post, uh, it was on Instagram. Someone commented moobs <laughs> on you as what in does, what does that even mean? Man boobs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I thought maybe it like might be a friend of yours. Like, cause you know, it'd be like a funny sort of thing to yeah. say because people do that to me all the time. Cause I yeah. do indeed have man boots. Right? <laughs> um, so I have I a powerful chest chat, <laughs> but so the guy is a personal trainer, right? And is advertising on his Instagram. Like, Hey, come be a person, like learn from me. I know everything. Maybe and he's one of those guys that yells at you until you feel bad about yourself. And well, from there you get better. So then his link in his bio is to another Instagram page where he's claiming to be the squat king of something or other. And the link in that bio is to a church project where he's like claiming to be like super nice guy, Christian dude. Right. And so I looked at it and I was just like, Oh dude, this doesn't act. This doesn't add up. Like you're, you're claiming to be one thing and you're acting in another way. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting pitfall that I wanted to discuss with you in that you have, you know, you made the conscious decision that within this you know, conglomerate of companies and everything that's going forward, there was a day where you were like, oh, I am now accountable to all of this yeah, and yeah. my online activity has to reflect that. I think I could probably find the exact day because I'd be able to go back into our group chats mm. when I said, hey, boys, just so you know, personal Facebook's going full business. Mm. Feel free to unfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Unfriend, remember. unfollow. <laughs> I remember. I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be interesting. What's yeah. happening here? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think like I uh, actually had, an, had another experience and it was very similar which is kind of like people, which is kind of wild where it was a, it was a guy who ran a like men's, like men's well-being Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Right. And he commented on one of my ads going, uh, not this cringy fuck bag again or something like that. Right. Like I was like, I was like, Oh, this is an interesting comment. Let me click this guy. And then it went through and then it went through to a Facebook group, which was like men supporting men. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I did is I joined the Facebook group and then I'd screenshotted the ad and I was like, and then it was like, I went through and then I posted and I was like, I'm joining this group because I'm being bullied online. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a couple of extra minutes on the toilet, you know, you can really do some damage if you understand how the internet works. Yeah. So it was quite fun. I got booted out almost immediately. Obviously. Of course. Um, because people don't like being held accountable for their actions. But yeah. I just thought it was really interesting. But yeah, so I made an active decision because I was like, well, personal brands are just way easier to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's hard to grow Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, they put cocaine in it. That helped. 
You know, <laughs> I'm sure that's how they got it going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that initial seed funding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's just people attached to humans way easier. Yeah. But then it's like now you're a brand and now you're like responsible and accountable. Like your actions and your words are now a reflection of a, a, a like a large group of people, mm. you know, and separating that out is really difficult. You look at like Gary Vee. Most people couldn't name what his marketing company is called. No. It's VaynerMedia. Yeah. Right? But Gary Vee has like 20 times the following. Yeah. But that all that is designed to do is find out people into VaynerMedia. That's, mm-hmm. that's really all it is. And they provide branding and marketing services, right? But <clears throat> And so Gary Vee, like his messaging is always very similar. And he, you know, stays within a, although he talks a lot, he stays within a pretty targeted niche of things that he talks about. And I think that's, like, that's the hard part. It's like, what do you talk about? What do you not talk about? If you're really passionate about something, like, politically or mm-hmm. some sort of, like, like, do you then risk, yeah, you know, all of that so you can say your piece because you do have a platform? So it's like, now you have a platform because you've grown this personal grand, but you really can't do anything of meaning with it mm. outside of growing your business. Yeah. And, like, I've ran into people. Like, for me, that's not really, I'm pretty religiously like agnostic, I mean, it's turned like sort of like a like a politically like I don't, yeah, I'm, you know, whatever. They're all they're all bad guys. <laughs> yeah, everyone's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I've had clients in the past that were like deeply religious mm. and very political, and like I would watch the business go down, mm. you know, as they sort of got more and more vocal. And this is a lot of this was like one of the clients that we had in Canada and Canada, all that weird shit was going on. He was he had a platform. He was really passionate about it. And then I had to pull him aside and I was like, hey, man, like, I respect everything you're doing, but there's other people here now. Yeah. And I was like, you are, and like, you don't have to stop doing it. Your your voice is your voice, bro. Totally respect it. And I don't disagree with the things that you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even if I did or didn't, it wouldn't change this conversation. It's like, you're, you're shit in the bed on this one. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're okay with it, then I'm okay with it. We just have to put in some other arrangements. Yeah. Like that. And he was like, okay, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. You know, he stopped for a little while. <laughs> but then this also comes in like shadow banning yeah you know on all these different platforms and it's like you just got to make the call like if you're going to be the personal brand in my opinion then like you just stick in your lane mm. and just sort of stay out of it yeah i agree i think that's what's really interesting is that you do as an individual representing a brand and the brand is you and your company and and i think there's many levels to that like there's <laughs> me that my company is just me right um but then there's you who are the face of like 150 people who, you know, if I shit the bed on my personal branding, if I got up one day and just decided. Tell what, people what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get to that. But but if I got up and decided I'm going to throw a hand grenade on this, it's it's me who suffers. And that's that's fair enough. Well, I've got a family that are also, you know, relying on me. But if you fuck up online, then there's a you can sink a big, big ship. Yeah. And I think, do you think that there's a point where – it, that becomes like a critical vulnerability in the company. Like, oh, yeah. It, and I mean, we have insurance for it. Yeah, right. Expand on that. Well, like, we, we had to have a plan. Like, yeah. and the plan was, it was brought up by me. I was like, what if I shit the bed? Like, what if I go full-blown political crazy person mm-hmm. on Facebook? And there, like, there could be a scenario in which that happens. Yeah. Like, I could, everyone's got a hill they're going to die Yeah, on. and I'm like, oh, I can't deal with this. Yeah. I got to go hard in the paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so like from there it was like, all right, well, if you're, if that is shown to have a significant negative consequence on the business, I get the boot, mm-hmm. you know, and I get the boot negatively and I get the boot with not that much money coming my way from my shares. Right. You know, like there's a number, I think it's 50% of market value, mm-hmm. which I'd still be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. You know, I'd be all right. Yeah. But, um, but that's a big hit to take. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it because then that. That, that 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 goes out to the other people as well, even people who are like proxy representing the brand. Mm. And that's why you got to be real careful with like who you build up and who you don't because like, you know, we had a thing recently where like at seventh level where like Jeremy was consistently building up this one sales rep, you know, and I was like very against it. I was like, dude, you can't do this. Like you got to stop doing it. Like this is going to bite us in the ass. Also, like I don't believe we have different viewpoints of that person. Okay. You know, <laughs> like um, I ended up having to fire them. <clears throat> and then because, you know, Jeremy had spent like a year building this person up, you'd basically given him a profile. Yeah. You know, and Jeremy's platform is huge. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, fucking enormous. Yeah. Um, yep. And so when he decides to build somebody up, like it they happens. really get built up. Yeah. It really happens. Um, so, 
like that created a whole different mess. And then it's like, if like, you know, even before I ended up firing him, he would go in and say comments in the Facebook group or on Facebook on other people's stuff. And I'd have to like screenshot it and show him. I'd be like, Hey dude, like you've got my logo as like a watermark on your stuff. And you've got my logo as your cover photo. I was like, you've decided to do that. You've anteed in. Yeah. And you're reaping the rewards from it. Yeah. You need to be careful what you say. Yeah. Because now every single thing is representative of the company which you work for. So so I do want to explore that sort of idea of endorsing someone and, and let's continue on that. But I want to put a pin in the idea of like polarization when we talk about that political idea. So yeah. help me make sure I get my way back to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think endorsing someone online, especially from within your own business, is like it's not like a no-no, right? Like it, there's instances where that's 100% the right play. You've yeah. got to have succession planning. You've got to have like, you know, you can't be the face of everything forever. It'd be too exhausting nice. to do that, <laughs> right? Um, so within succession planning, you've got to, you know, account for the idea that somebody else has to borrow from your credibility. Yeah. And 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 you lend that to them it's in burden, order though. that they bring them up. But then exactly, right? So then that's a burden in both directions as well. For sure. Like that, that you have to give to them. But in taking from you, they're sort of agreeing to go along with everything, like your attitude, your outward persona. Yeah. So, like, I know a lot of companies who do that, but then what they'll do is they'll start new LinkedIn, start new Facebook pages, mm-hmm. and they'll start all new social medias, and then those will be, like, the branded ones. They're owned by the company. Right. It's like, so, like, you're just the insert face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then that way, like, if the person goes away, you can just swap that profile, new name, new face. Yeah. You know, so like you can kind of do that. And then I think that mitigates some of the risk. But, some. You know, and just in terms of like losing the data or yeah. whatever, in which that, like, for, for example, like if you, like, I know like a LinkedIn lead generation company and all their lead, most of their lead gen is through LinkedIn, mm-hmm. funnily enough, right? And it's like you can only have 30,000 con- contacts in LinkedIn. So every single employee they maxed out. Right. In different segments. Mm-hmm. Smart way of doing it. But then that person has then holds that. Holds that. So, like, they held the admin accounts. Mm. You know what I mean? And I guess just hoped that people didn't change the passwords. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it wouldn't be super difficult to do. But, yeah, so, like, but it, there is a burden that goes, that it, it's, it's attached to it. Like, it's been, you know, and I remember I was talking to your wife, Jane, like, like ages ago, because she's a, kind of had a personal brand for mm-hmm. her tattooing for, like, a long time. And um, we were talking about, like, the people that she follows and she was like, yeah, I follow people for their work. She's like, as soon as they start putting photos of their kids, it's like, I don't want to fucking see your stupid kids. Yeah. You know, so it kind of changes, like, how you use social media, what you can do. Like, if I put up stuff of me and my kids, like, it's fucking next. Mm. But if I put up a behind the scenes of, like, you holding a camera, everyone's like, oh, it's fucking exciting. Yeah, it you is know? very, very difficult to gauge that when, it, you know, on the topic of being an individual who's the face of a brand, big or small, it is nearly impossible to gauge because... You know, people who leave, they just leave, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you get the odd people that are like, oh, screw this, I'm out. One of my favorite Instagrams is um, look at this Russian. Have you ever seen that? No. <laughs> Treat yourselves. Treat yourselves. Treat yourselves. But it's kind of dying. Um, go back through their old posts. So Russia, you know, is one of the first countries to bring in um, mandatory dash cams. Oh, so, really? yeah, so like you couldn't get insurance unless you had a dash cam in your car. And so Russia was one of the first countries that just had like bulk footage of madness. Just crazy shit just, going crazy. on. They're just capturing everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there was this Instagram of look at this Russian. It was just Russians doing crazy things, <laughs> right? It was so fantastic. But they've obviously hit like a monetization point. I think they got millions of followers where now they're doing like booty model shout outs, right? Because they're like, well... How else are we going to make money from this? Exactly. they got to monetize somehow. And there's a lot of people vocally unfollowing that. The first time they did it, I was like, oh, it's a nice booty. I'm I'm fine with that being in my feet. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, it's coming. Like, they're posting that more often. Like, I reckon they might have even sold the page or something like that. Probably. But there's a lot of people vocally leaving. That's not what I'm here for. I want to see Russians doing crazy shit. I don't want to see bikini models, right? Yeah. Just Photoshop brands in there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, put a Coca-Cola over the head. Yeah, so exactly. Do it that way. Yeah. Try and, f- try and be smart creative. About it, guys. Be creative. Come on. Yeah. You build it up. You put Have the chick with the booty in the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so, you know, for you, for example, like we don't see a dip when you, like, in fact, there's a right amount of personal stuff to yeah. put on, on your profile. But then it's also like, I don't want people fucking seeing my kids and I want to see them in front of my house. And I don't want to see them. Exactly. 
you know, like I, I, like I, I, I can never. Me and my wife can never post anything with my kids in school uniform. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair like enough. We've had that chat. It's like, nope. And it, like, if anyone fucking posts it and they tag us, I fucking scream at them. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll sense. go, hey motherfucker, you take that down now. You detag it and you delete that fucking post because like I don't know. I've had people find me. Yeah, yeah. Right, like Luke, who works for us. Love you, Luke, but the fucking way that you came to us was fucking crazy, right? <laughs> Watched videos, and I had done a, I had done like a vlog style thing on YouTube in front of the Watso. That's it. And then Luke was like, "I've driven past that," and he goes, "I really want to work for these guys." So he was like, "Well, you can send me a DM, but like, good luck." Yeah. Right? yeah. So he sent me. He made memes, right? And because he was a FedEx driver, he made memes. And he figured out where I was, figured it was the what, so it went up and said, is sales sniper here? And they said, yes, they're there. He said, which suite number? Then went back and, like, mailed me memes. Snap right? it And then from there, I was like, well, I have to fucking get this dude in. Yeah. Came in with a suit. It's fucking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Did he realize what he was Didn't realize. Into, yeah. I was like, you better not be wearing a suit. When you <laughs> <come in." laughs> You're um, in your basketball yeah. shorts. And, like, you know, like, great. I did the fucking work. And, but, like, that just showed me, like, if somebody wants to, they find me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, that's that's something that you really got to consider and is really an unpleasant, you know, especially if you're, like, known for making money. Mm. That just seems like a recipe for fucking disaster. Yeah. Now, hopefully, I'm also known for being one of the most dangerous people in the coaching and consulting industry. <laughs> you know you got to rely so, on that, like, right? Good fucking luck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but like it, it is a thing that needs to be considered. And I think personal branding is, I think it's great. I think it's the hard things are like, I guess like I can't, like I even have people in my DMs. I can't even send family photos to my family in Facebook. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so like I have to, like there's only one or two mediums that I can use to actually communicate with my family because like on all the other ones, people are reading it. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, so that's like, this is, you know, what we're sort of unpacking is the pros and cons yeah. is that you you get better engagement online, uh, more relatability, more trust in the brand by it being a person, not a logo. Yeah, right? exactly. But that comes at the cost of means of communication being flooded. You know, you don't owe people a reply for all these kinds of things. Like if you were, if you were to personally reply to everything that came in, it would be impossible. Yeah, yeah. But that's because you invite that. You have people whose job it is to to deal with that sort of thing. Yeah. But that cuts off channels of communication to friends, yeah. family. And uh, like literally, like the only way that I can communicate with most of the people who I know from the States is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like, so now I just, I mean, if they message me, they're lost in a sea of messages. I have no fucking clue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I get 300 DMs a day, yeah, which are all answered. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it is me. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's me for a bit of it and somebody else and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know? Because um, I know what they're going to say. Being like, trained to, to do it. Trained things. to do it. So, like, I'm, I can pick up that conversation whenever I want. But, yeah, so it is, like, it is tricky, I think, to manage. And I think, like, people pr- probably think about it <laughs> before they before they do it. Mm-hmm. But it is a shortcut. Yeah. You know, but all shortcuts have their penance. You have to pay our spurts. And I'm curious about how you went about doing that because like what I did in my space was, you know, before I had a group, before I had anything to offer, all I had was knowledge. And so what I did was join other forums and not necessarily, not ones because this is pre like Facebook groups being used the way they are, but they were real forums like run you know, like on an interest topic rather than yeah, yeah. by a person to, to act as a lead generator. Um, <gasps> I know, right? <laughs> Who would believe it? Uh, and I would just answer questions like, and just provide value in there. And that's how I built a profile for myself to the point where, you know, like not that I, not that I don't answer those questions now, like we've asked, but I don't go looking for questions to answer. Yeah. Um, is that similar to what you did? No, or? I did a, like I didn't, there was only one or two places where I would do that, but I, w- I would do that as a student. Okay. Right? So, like, I was in the group or the program, and so, like, people would answer, ask questions, and mm-hmm. I would answer, like, hey, this is my two cents. You know, take, yeah. it, take it for what you will. Yeah. Um, but the way I did it was, generally speaking, through, like, just straight organic posting. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I was doing that, like, there really wasn't many other people that were doing it. Yeah. I was a very early adapter, sorry, to, like, just giving out content. Mm-hmm. And I think because, like, the mentality of a lot of people is, like, don't give too much away. Yeah. It's really hard to. 
Like, first of all, I would hope I'm always learning. So the stuff that I said a year ago, hopefully I've superseded it with something better, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but I just, I just, I didn't really have anything to sell anyone. And so, and like, I still sort of don't, to be honest. Like, yeah, we do done for you marketing and done for you sales. And we have some coaching programs available. Like we have an objection handling course that you can buy. But that's basically it. And it's like, those are pretty niche products for a niche amount of people. But the content that I was doing was just to help anybody who um, tries to make money through using sales, Mm -hmm. which is like almost everybody. Yeah. You know? Um, So I was just like, well, like my only goal was just to be known as a guy who was good at sales. Mm -hmm. That was the goal. So I was like, I can do that through like, hey, this is what I'm getting. And there was a real, like, I guess the polarization came from I didn't accept the standard of the industry. And I think, to be honest, without tuning my own horn, I think I probably raised the standard of the industry a bit, of the coaching and consulting industry when it comes to sales. Okay. Because, like, there was a big, like, offers made is no longer a thing. Okay. What is that? Explain that to me. So it's when people would say, hey, I I took 100 calls, right? I had an 80% close rate and I closed 20 of them. Okay. Right? So they would go, no, 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 I just didn't offer those people. Right. So then they would only take the proportionality of you you offered. And that is not something that is said out loud anymore. Because you, you, because you, of me. You went hard against that. Hard called against it out. Yeah. And that is what got me my profile. Right. Okay. Like that one thing, like that got me Tony, that got me Road, that got me a bunch of good sales reps because everyone knew it was bullshit and nobody wanted to say anything about it. And I like ranted about it. Okay. Like quite like religiously okay. ranted about it. And uh, I'm only sort of thinking it out, out loud, but that is like, cause I've had a few conversations about, Hey, where'd you come to me or how did you, you know, want to come here? And a lot of it was like, Oh, I used to see you talk about these things and nobody else would talk about that. And it mm-hmm. made a lot of sense. Okay. Perfect. So, that can swing me around then to this idea of polarization. So that was a that's an example of using polarization effectively, ethically, and to your advantage, right? Yeah. Where you've found a hill you're willing to die on. Probably like in the scheme of things, not like nobody's getting that upset about that. People who were making claims against offers made probably were like, oh, got me. Yeah, yeah like, that's exactly right. Like, it, no one was going to die on the hill of, yeah. like, no, that's a real thing, and my close rate is You'd this. Be surprised. <laughs> but I mean, they probably like close the laptop and go, like, oh, that's that's true. Yeah, right? like when they reflect in themselves, like it's not, yeah. uh, it's not 100%, a hundred percent deep seated yeah. political view that anybody no, 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 has. Exactly. So that's a, an example of drawing a line and saying, no. Nope, this is how I feel and I'm holding my ground on it. Yeah. And, you know, you feel as though that and, and rightly feel as though that helped bring the industry forward and there was like, a, you know, not only helped the industry but helped you, you got, went along with it, right? Rising, to- rising tide lifts all the boats. Yeah. What I think people confuse and what I see for sure is when polarization doesn't apply to the helping you and all it does is cut your market in half. Yeah. So, well, if you're going to go left or right, you're going to cut it in half immediately. Yeah. Regardless of if you're left or right. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So, like, I, I hesitate to say his name out loud because we'll end up on the internet saying, like, it'll be cut into a clip. But, like, Andrew, Andrew Tate, Tate is, <laughs> mate, he's all over the internet. And and for reasons we can explain if, if people care, but he's incredibly polarizing yeah, but he doesn't even believe the shit he's saying. Yeah, that's right. But he's doing that on purpose because he's selling a polarized product. Yeah. So what he's immediately doing is uh, getting rid of from his market the people who who, who will never buy his shit anyway. Which there's something to be said about that, right? Like, well, and from like I think we should point out. I'm gonna stare down the barrel of the camera while I say it. From a marketing standpoint, the shit that he's done is incredibly genius. So you approve? <laughs> I'm I would not, like you to say you I'm not. I'm not on board. Like it's <laughs> nonsense, most of it. Yeah, yeah. But, but from a, from a, <laughs> I mean, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every <laughs> now and again, right? Yeah. Uh, but from a like money making marketing perspective, if you're prepared to play the villain, fucking hell, he's he's a genius yeah. in that regard. Well, the thing is, like, you can and you know, and I was actually talking to Bradley about this, who's kind of. Kind of somewhat does a similar thing, just like it's not, it's just who he is. He's just a fucking, just says stuff, right? Yeah. So, but he, but he, one of his, his mentality is like, you're better off getting rid of getting the unfollows because then at least then you're left with people who actually give a shit about things that you say. Yeah. And then you can track real engagement with real people. 
Whereas if you just kind of like, and just kind of like, like you're not polarizing at all, then yeah, you can grow a following, but monetizing that is very difficult. Yeah. You know, like if you have a look at like Jeremy's following, Jeremy like is very antithetical to most of the sales industry. So a lot of the things that he says, people are like, oh, fuck, that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? But it's different to what everybody else is teaching, which is why it's so good, mm-hmm. like that. And so, like, his following is hyper-monetized. Yeah. Like, hyper. Like, I dare say, if you were to track all of his unique followers and then track that to, like, income per follower, he would be up there top 10 in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because the amount of income derived from a relatively small base, like 100,000 Instagram, sounds like a lot, fucking nothing in the grand scheme, 12,000 on YouTube, and then that's about it in the Facebook group. Jesus, man, like, the dude, kid makes money, Mm. you know, and it's a hyper-monetized, very, very select group of people because, like, anyone who is, like, old school sales who's never going to convert unfollows him as a fucking dickhead. Yeah. You know, and if you're not in sales... Why would you ever follow him? Yeah, because yeah. the dude talks about nothing other than but sales. sales. Yeah, you know. So like, what's been done there is a phenomenal selection out. You know, it's just so the only people he's speaking to are people who are drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, but so if if Jeremy had some uh, polarizing political viewpoint, yeah, it's irrelevant. Like it 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 can only it can only hurt it can only hurt for him to express that. If it yeah. turned out like. You know, Jeremy's like Coke Zero is the worst thing in the world, and I, and you should only have real Coke and Coke Zero is for pussies. And do you I, want to hear I his strangest opinion? I don't because we're <laughs> no, no, no. It's like it, it isn't. I know his strangest opinion that wouldn't affect him. Okay, right? Uh, ice and water makes you fat. Do you want to hear the reasoning behind it? I put ice in my water sometimes. That's all, all this time I've never known. Thirty nine years I've been overweight because when he was in Europe one time, he noticed that nobody had ice in their water and that no one was fat. Yeah, it's okay. a factor. Ice works you fat. Yeah. We should probably do a podcast on correlation. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. causation. Yeah. But hey, he's a lean. He is. <laughs> he is. He's a lean dude. He is. You know? And here I am. Yeah. Floobs. <laughs> Man, boobs. Good set of boobs at this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so any bizarre opinion Jeremy has. There's no benefit expressing it. None. Whereas if you're selling a product that you know, like isn't available to people who think that Coke Zero is crap, right? Yeah. Like if you're only selling a product to people yeah. who like the real deal Coke, then yeah. you may as well shit all over Coke yeah. Zero because it just cuts those people out and their hatred of you will only bring awareness to yeah. the people who do like real Coke, right? So, so the guy who used to run gyms with Travis Jones, right? He used to be a fitness business coach and all kinds of stuff like that before it all kind of like crumbled a little bit. Uh, how he got his profile and how it all started for him is he wrote an article saying soy makes women have fat asses and men cry like little bitches or something like that, right? Like it was a really, like a really like headline article like that. And he ended up on like five different radio stations Mm -hmm. defending this article about um, soy being, you know, a soy boy type thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, then from there he started a Facebook group. This is so far before Facebook groups, you don't even know. This is back when Facebook groups were capped at 5,000 people. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. that, and he had two of them. Fully packed out of people paying 50 bucks a month. Uh, fully packed. To uh, hear him talk about. To hear him talk about stuff like that. It all came from that, right? So I think the element of polarization isn't, isn't like, there's no point having a brand that everybody likes. Yeah. There's just no point. And so, like, with Sales Sniper, it's like I've always been very, very clear and very pointed. I'm like a naturally polarizing person anyway. Like, people tend to like me or hate me. Like, in the army, there was two camps. There's no one who was like, oh, yeah, Boone is okay. You could swap camps, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you could swap. Yeah, you can go from one to the other. Yeah. No, the the door. It was a revolving door. <laughs> like that. But there was no people who were like, oh, yeah, Matt's all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, yeah, that dude's good to go. Or yeah. it's like, no, nah, he's a fuckwit. Yeah. And then they'd argue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. But, you know, I don't know why. It's just kind of, I think it was because I just never really accepted. Mm. Like, well, this is the way it is. And mm. I was like, it doesn't have to be. Mm. But um, so I think like being being somewhat polarizing, I think is a really important thing. But I think if you fake it, it, it sort of screws you up. Yeah, I think it has to be like you have to be passionate about things you're passionate about. And then like there's just things I don't care about. So like trying to pretend that I care about them, I think would come off as disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that I discovered, especially from a personal branding standpoint, was like you just got to do things the way you want to do it, even if it's not the optimal way. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like we talk about our content and stuff, and you know, halftime, I'm like, yeah, but it's like it's good. Like I'm, ha- if I'm happy with the content, but it doesn't perform that well, I'm like who gives a fuck? Yeah, you know, like obviously you want to try and make things perform well, but at the end of the day, like it's if you're happy with it. Like if I made an awesome movie and not many people watched it, I'd still be happy that I made an awesome movie. Mm. You know, obviously if it was a like that's the business, that's a real problem. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't, you know, I can't be that guy all the time. But I think like the more authentic and the more you you are um, and the more like the messages that you talk about are really important to you and the way in which you say them is, is sort of somewhat natural and you're not kind of being a crazy person, but it comes off as like, oh, like I know that guy. Mm. Like if you watch me on film or you listen to this podcast, like you know me pretty well. Yeah. Like I'm not a different human outside. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same human being here. I think that's really important. Like there can't be the veneer of like perfection. Yeah. You know, you, like I'm a fallible human who makes mistakes and fuck up all the time and just try and do my best, you know? And I think that that's important as well when it comes to building a brand because then you can maintain it. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, man, it's difficult to be perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that sort of... I manage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that authenticity becomes a real cliche. and uh, I hate the word. Yeah, but it's it's a hard thing to get away from how true that is yeah. and that to be successful, that's all like, it really needs to be there and you can, you, you will come unstuck eventually if you're pretending to be someone that you're not. And, you know, in military terms, we see this, this is the whole point of demarcation. That's the whole point of it is yeah. that you get people so exhausted that the mask comes off and you really see who they are. Yeah. For I've, those of you who don't know, demarcation uh, is depending on when you did it is either 96 or 72 hours of no food, no sleep. Yeah. It was 96 when I did it. Um, so no food, no sleep for four days. And it's just designed to, to break you mentally. Yeah. And I think that's one of the sort of like people, you know, the idea of special forces guys being crazy fit, like, yes, of course, everyone's very fit, right? You Compared can, to the average human. Yeah. yeah. But the, one of the reasons why people get so insanely fit is to make selection easier. Yeah. And the reason is because, they are trying to push to break you. And and what always ends up happening is the guys that get through and turn out like not to t- work out, especially in real combat stress, are always the weapon fit guys. They're the fittest of the fit. They're the because what happened was you couldn't replicate battle stress to them. You couldn't break them because yeah. everything's kind of group activities and whatever. So if you if you're miles above the average, we never get to see who you are. Whereas for me, at the kit check, I was like, this is who I am. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> I'm exhausted. There's, there is no, there's no holding of an ear, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, to that end, I think that that sort of like is, is, is painful as it is to say that authenticity because it will come out. Yeah, you, if you're not who you are pretending to be, it will come out. And we see that across across so many industries, across so many platforms. You look so at like Ellen DeGeneres, right? Exactly. You're supposed to be the nicest person in the world and you hear these stories come out of some horrible shit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's what's going on there. Yeah. You know, whereas if they're an asshole to everybody, you go like, oh, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's who you are. Like, yeah. it's, you're the you're the you're the asshole. Fair enough. And some yeah. people like that. And depending on what you say, that's some people are into that. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, trying to that it, it's just a, a lot of weird lines that you got to you got to walk. And I think like the scary thing is if you extrapolate it out, like it's a, you know, I always say there's a perfect level of famous. You know, and the perfect level of famous is supporting actor on a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like supporting <laughs> actor on a sitcom. Did he say that, did he? No, but uh, that's what he was. That's, yeah. He was, yeah. And it's like you have money, which is great, like that, but you don't get bothered mm-hmm. like that. So I think it's like, you know, like Cardone would have taken it too far in you terms reckon? of like personal brand for me. Like he couldn't go, you know. Maybe, Can't walk down the street. Yeah, type stuff. You know, Tony Robbins, all that kind of shit. You know, apparently The Rock, it's really affecting him now because, like, when he had his first kids, he could go to all their stuff. Now, he went to his daughter's, like, high school basketball game and the game had to get shut down because, mm. like, 200,000 people showed up mm. just to see him. Mm. You know, like, that's a real hindrance in life. And so I think, like, if your personal brand goes well, like, the better it goes, the more you give up. Mm. And, like, I guess hopefully that's in exchange for money. Mm. But it's like, at what point does the money not become worth it? Yeah. And it's like, how do you back that off? Yeah. Because once your content's out, you look at like David Dobrik, right? Yeah. You know who he is? Yeah. Right? So he disappeared from YouTube because of all the stupid shit that he did. Yeah. Right? Still making $10, 12000000 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> Ticking over in the background. Right? 
you know, but his content's forever out there, which means that like his profile is no smaller than what it was when he was doing full time videos. Yeah, like he can't hide. Casey Neistat tried to hide, couldn't. Yeah, like hey, you're still Casey Neistat. Like yeah. everyone still knows your face. Yeah, you know, so like it's it's very hard to roll back a, a large presence on the internet, social media, whatever it may be. Yeah, like that's a difficult thing to undo. So you know, more in our terms, because you know, to be clear, like neither of us have any. In, we're talking about personal branding online, being the front of stuff, but neither of us are like famous people. No. Just are the face of a business. Yeah, but I just think like I can see it. Like for example, Jeremy is now getting stopped. Yeah, in the street, and he loves it at the moment. And, like, you would, your first little bit. I've been recognized twice, mm-hmm. right? And like, totally random at that because my presence is tiny, but it was like those, they just happened to be near me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the three people who watched me, two of them, <laughs> happened to be close. One of them was mom. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Um, but Jeremy got, gets stopped, like, in the airports. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you Jeremy Miner? It's like, yeah, he's like, can I get a photo and stuff like that? I'm watching your videos and all kinds of shit like that. So, like, you know, but that in five years. If that keeps going like that, that's a real fucking problem. Yeah, that's hat and sunglasses everywhere you go kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, is there anybody that you have had like apply you know, to work with you, for you, whatever, and you've looked at their online profile and been like, uh. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, big time. People like it. There's just no point associating with people who are like, I guess, intentionally provocative, but like just for attention's sake. Yeah. And there are people who like, there are some people who have like just scumbag reputations too. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are some big names that have applied to work with us that I have just gone, no, thank you. Yeah. Taken the meeting and said, thanks, but no thanks. Appreciate the effort. Yeah. You know, um, just because like one, it just get a weird vibe. Like I had a chat with like some, one of the guys from Shark Tank in the US with that. And I was like, mm, this feels weird. Mm-hmm. I don't like the feel of this. I'd rather not do it. And then I've had a chat with some really, really big coaches in like the sort of Amazon space and just like the way they spoke, I was like, man, then I had a look at online and it was all very much like quick bucky type stuff. And I was like, I can see where this is going to go. Yeah. Like FTC is not too far behind. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to like, because, because like when we take on a project, like it's not going to be quiet that we take it on. Mm -hmm. You know, most people, if we're doing the sales for them, like people say it yeah you know so um like we have to be careful with who we associate with that's why like you know we we took on a client a while ago and like it turned out i was kind of like ah fuck i think it's a scam you know i figured it out super early on ended up like not even being paid the comms i paid the comms from the reps myself i was like because i don't want to be associated with taking anything in case something untoward happened to those people like i'm out type thing and uh you know that was a big name yeah. That person has like, you know, 8 million Instagram followers. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Right? And um, like easy to get leads, all that kind of stuff. It could have been a tremendously successful account for us, but for us. Yeah. For who else? And then it's like, if that gets shut down by the FTC and then all of a sudden, oh, did you hear fucking Sales Sniper was, was selling that? Like, I wonder if they knew it was a scam. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, <sighs> you know, and then you got to, people ask you about it, you got to explain it. And you know, I think one thing that we said years ago is like, you never want to be in a position where you're like worried to answer a phone call. Yeah. You know? And so you have to sort of conduct yourself, I guess, with a level of integrity at all times. So that, and like, because like, you don't want to be like, oh, yeah. Scared when someone's. Yeah. On many levels, you don't want that sort of personally for your own trouble, but also within the business thinking we've got to cover up for the cover up. And I I see so many people live their lives like that. And I was like, it's fucking exhausting. That's stressful. Like people have two families. Oh, how could that be worth it? I'm flat out disappointing one woman in the bedroom. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) True. It's too hard. I can only take that on a happy face. I I know a guy that's recently turned out to be a huge fraud. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. And like, I kind of saw it coming. It was in my space. I kind of saw it coming and I sort of distanced myself a little while ago. I was like, "Uh, a few things don't add up. I'm just going to be over here and you guys be over there. Yeah. And just, re- just a couple of weeks ago, it all uncovered totally full of shit. All like, and, and I mean, and spectacularly. What do you mean full of shit? Like all, uh, the just, awards are not the awards? No, or? no, no, not even that. Just represented himself as being someone that he wasn't. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, I won't go into the details cause it's, it's ongoing. <laughs> it's ongoing. <laughs> it's ongoing. Stay tuned but, for dog drama. Yeah. Oh yeah. dude, do, there could be, I mean, there is a podcast. It's called the canine paradigm of dog drama. <laughs> Right, dog. Dr- the dog industry is full of drama, but I think it, it, all animal industries are. Yeah, 
Totally. But I think uh, all animal industries are. But, I mean, one of the things that triggered me to think about this was just the other day, uh, it'll be miles ahead of when this podcast comes out, but a couple of videos of two women that owned a dog train facility, it's a mother-daughter, like really badly abusing two dogs as board and trains, right? And so the repercussions of that, are they're sunk, right? Like it's all over for them and good, right? But the whole board and train industry is now, you're feeling the hurt of that. Because the, the repercussions are beyond just them because you yeah, see yeah. two dogs getting smashed around by two people who present really well and one of them in particular was pretty well respected in her specific niche, cane corso breeding, right? Um, but so like then it's like, oh, wow, that's what happens when I leave my dog with someone. And that the ripples of that are going to be all around the you know English-speaking world that everybody that's seen that video is now going to be like, oh, I'm not. And yeah. I'm not leaving my dog with someone. That could happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's shitty. So, like, the, the, there's drama everywhere. And I think that's one of the really interesting things about sort of this niche is that the effects of others tends not to impact. Well, it's because, like, I think um, I think everyone's running their he without sin should not cast stones. And I don't think there's many people in this industry that are without sin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, that we could definitely talk about the dramas, but a lot of the dramas are like, you know, it's all hearsay and fucking conjecture because it's like, wh- like, what are you going to, s- what, what physical evidence will there be? Mm. You know, like I know I've like spoken to people who have refund rates of upwards of 60%. It's like, bro, that means you are fucking flat out garbage of what you do. Yeah. Like, and I know like a lot of the figures that are posted are fake. Yeah. But like, how do you prove that? Yeah. You know, sometimes the math doesn't work out and it's pretty easy to see, but then like, am I going to be the guy that's calling people out online. No, because yeah. I don't fucking care. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, well, I know that's not true. And like, for me, that's enough. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take your advice. <laughs> that's one of the things as well from a branding standpoint, when I look at some of our ads and look at the the comments on the ads from people who are like, oh, that's bullshit. That could never work. And you click through and they're people who are trying to do the same thing, only just nowhere near as good. And it's yeah. like, the fact that you don't understand how it could work. <laughs> doesn't mean it can never work part of the right? problem. Yeah. yeah that's that that doesn't line up um there's a guy coming one of the things about like there's no way a facebook group could make that much money i've got a group and it doesn't make anywhere near that money and it's like maybe maybe download the link <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe have a call then yeah yeah it maybe it's definitely be to done. Learn, yeah and it's only 100K. We limited it to 100K because we thought if we did 500, people would lose their mind. Yeah. And it's like the two, the barrier entry is too high. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely do 500K from a Facebook group a month. For sure. You can do more than that. Depends on ticket price. The real, the real, um, it's volume of sale. It's it's not like, that's the only, the barrier of entry in terms, the, the barrier in terms of how much you can make. It's just how much, like I've heard of people doing a million dollars from a Facebook group. It's not possible with what I sell. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, it's not possible physically unless I collected, like, 100% of cash up front, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it could be done, but it'd be very difficult. Whereas if, like, I know the guys who are doing that, one, I'm not sure if it's revenue or cash. Like, I, I would like to hear that and see that, whether they're talking about, like, you know, accruals or, you know, my, my gut saying it's probably accruals, mm-hmm. I would say, but even that's good. million dollars worth of in, in contract value per month. It's fantastic. Um I'd like to see the cash collection on that, but it's like much more expensive. It's like $30,000, $35,000 masterminds. Yeah. Right. So like you get three paid in fulls, a hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So all you got to do is get fucking 30 paid in fulls. Yeah. You know, at seventh level, we sign 200 plus people every single month with an average of 60% cash collection. But we have like, you know, we have 3,000, 8,000, 15,000. Yeah. You know, like, so our average front end cash collection is 3,600. So like, We'd have to sell an awful lot. And we have multiple marketing channels. So from the Facebook group itself, we probably sell, you know, four or 500 of the 1.5 that we make every month. Mm. You know, that's cash, not accruals. But it just totally depends on what you're selling. You know, that's why, like, that's the thing about uh, business and we're getting different conversation, but all the things are so nuanced. Like, yeah. what if you just sold a 100K product? Yeah. You only did pays and fulls. Yeah. Like that, and you were known for that. You were good at that. You had a good group and you did big consulting packages and you sold five of them a month. Yeah. It's like, hey, how to average 100K 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Per client or 50K collected per client per month. Like, yeah. it's just how you set things up, you yeah. know? Like, and every business has got pros you and cons. You sell super yacht timeshares. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like the guy I had in just before, um, I actually helped him develop his business model two years ago. Right. And he, he bought like two or three sessions off me and he was kind of wondering, and I was like, hey man, like if I'm you, this is what I do. And he was like, okay, thanks. And then he came back to me two years later. He's like, all right, so I did what you said. I'm making $130,000 a month. What do I do now? Nice. Literally. And I was like, oh, um, take me through what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Remind like, me what I said again. Yeah, what did I say? I was like, uh, yeah. So he's like, yeah, I did everything you said. I was like, okay, cool. This is what you need to do now. Structure this, do this, do this. So anyway, so we kind of went through that about what he's doing next. But, you know, he has a like a real low-end product, which is like just builds up tons of recurring, you know, really clever model. I happen to have like written it out for him. If you do right? say so yourself. Say so myself. Yeah. But you know, now he's got, you know, 500 people giving him 299 a month. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's fucking great. Plus he has some other upsells and shit like that, but he's selling that from a Facebook group. Yeah. You know, and a, and a few other methodologies, but then like that dude's doing a pretty high volume, but obviously like he's not going to collect more than two or 300 bucks per sale. So like the amount of front end cash that he can collect from that is just a bit more limited. Mm-hmm. He can still do plenty, but it's just more limited. Yeah. Is is his strategy any less effective? No, it's just a different business model. Yeah. That that level of nuance is interesting in the especially not that we're old, but in people younger than us that they're kind of not interested in that. Not at like all. you look at TikTok, you can't even say arm um, on TikTok. You say arm um, people are like, no, nope, it's fine. <laughs> right? Like so if you're like showing any like let me consider that. They're like, no, no, you consider nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right? I want it to be a fact. Fuck you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Rather than like, yeah, well. The moon is square. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Say it like that. That's yeah. fine. But if you the go moon like. moon is, you know, round, roundish. If, no. if you go, mm, well, if that, then this. People are like, no, it's a way. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a way and there's no room to think about anything. Yeah. That's what the whole, that's the whole internet marketing world yeah. though, because it's all about the headline and the click and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's just not the way it is. And it's, fr- and it's actually frustrating because like my brand is almost built on nuance. Yeah. Right. So like what the way in which I talk, it doesn't lend itself to like going viral. Yeah. Totally. Whereas if you look at Jeremy, he talks in absolutisms. Mm-hmm. Right. I like, I see too much into the matrix to talk that way. I can't do it. Like, it would be antithetical to what I believe. Yeah. Because someone could go, well, should I do this in this situation? And my answer is almost like, well, it depends what happened before it. Yeah. So, like, when I when I coach people, like, I did an inner circle coaching session the other day, and people were like, holy fuck. Like, that was a good session. Because I was like, it was so nuanced, like, and specific to the people who were there. Yeah. And, but it was like, all of it, like, the guy goes, can you review this part of my call? And we listen to it. I go, I have no feedback for this. Mm-hmm. It was like, why not? And I was like, because, like, I haven't listened to the previous 20 minutes. Like, yeah, need the context. And, like, where's, I have no idea. Like, I could give you feedback on how you said things. Yeah. You know, but what I was teaching is I was teaching, what, what he needed to work on is he over-interrupted. We didn't over-interrupt. The way in which he interrupted was the problem. You know, like, he didn't do a vocal lead-in. Like, if you're just going to interrupt someone, you just start talking. It's very jarring. Mm. And so, but if you interrupt something, you go, uh, uh, okay, like that, that, that makes sense. Do you, do, you, do you mind if I ask you? This? Then it's almost like you're, you're, you're giving the person room to back off, mm-hmm. you know, so you can get away with it a lot more. And then from there, he was like, he never changed his pace when he was asking questions or like trying to get information versus like trying to ins- like elicit an emotion. And you can't do it that way. Like you have to pace, mm-hmm. you know? So like if there's a series of, in- like, for example, if I'm, if I want to ask you how much money you make, right? Uh, just going, okay, so how much money do you make is a really bad way of doing that. Yep. So I'd have to stack that in a way that would make sense to you. Like whenever I ask for a sale, I always, because uh, I have to ask for their credit card. Now they've already said yes and all that kind of stuff, but it's still going, okay, so what's your credit card? That can be a jarring like little emotional stunt for somebody. So I'll go like, okay, man, so you, so this is your full name? Yeah, is there a middle name? Okay, cool. This is your phone number that I have on file and this is the email that I have. Is that all correct? Yes. And what's the credit card number? Mm-hmm. right it's again it's just an ease them into it mm-hmm. you know so i teach a lot of that stuff you know and it's very nuanced and like you know pacing out people so if i want to ask you that question how much do you make i'll be like okay cool so um you know like like let's just say we are able to help you get the skills in order to kind of bring your online business to 20k a month like is that what you want to be making or is that the totality of what you want to make or is that kind of what you want to make from this no it's what i want to make from this okay and what's your total 
revenue goal that you want to be pulling in personally, it's 40K a month. Okay. And just so I can see, like, like what's the gap between where you're at and that? And they're like, okay, I'm, well, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at 30. Okay, cool. So you're making 10K a month. You want to make 20 from this. And we have a gap of 10 total. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. So before you started talking to me, you know, so I would do it really fast. The reason why I do it fast is because I don't want to give you a chance to think. You just need to spit me numbers mm-hmm. because then they're the truth. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to lie that quickly. Mm. And I can stack other things on top of it and around it as well to kind of, I guess, make it a bit more bamboozling. But yeah, and I think your pacing, super the, quick. Yeah, but yeah. but also I think it conveys that it's kind of inconsequential to you. Yeah, like exactly. it's just one of many numbers I need here. Yeah, rather than being like, give me that big number. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Like it's like and it's so just one of the many I need. It's just way less jarring. And then from there, like you slow down when you want them to think. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you give people space to think, and then you start. Like you start teaching. Mm. And so when I sell, this is my normal cadence. Okay, so like before you started talking to me, were you were you out there looking for ways to kind of help grow your business or like what have you been doing? Mm-hmm. Right, because I want to give you plenty of time to kind of internally figure that out and then I can, you can speed up and slow down. It's just all, yeah, you know, depends on where you're at, what you're trying to do. But I had to teach a lot of that really, really nuanced stuff because like they're good, they're inner circle, like they're good at what they do. Yeah. They just need like all the tweaks. That's interesting. We, like in MySpace, we call that like behavioral momentum where we just sort of get it like, here's a little thing and a little thing and a little thing and then before too long, I can ask the, for the big thing and you're still just churning along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very like, you know, depending on how, what, what emotions you want to invoke and when and how you want to be perceived by the person is kind of like, the, like, the, like how you are at the beginning of a call and how you are at the end of the call is like a different human. Mm. You know, it's very much like pragmatic sort of dead inside, somewhat uninterested. Not like uninterested in them, but uninterested in like, oh yeah, like we're just going through a very simple process. And then I tend to like, so it's very... Like, Formality. Bah, 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 bah. Then there comes a time where I slow it down and then speed it right up. So I go like, boom. It's sort of a cadence is like, boom, 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 boom. Okay. Boom, boom. Right, so... That to the cadence of the calls, and you kind of go up and go down and go up and go down. And that's an NEPQ thing, right? Well, yeah, that's, but it's sort of like with a Matt Ryder flair. Yeah, it's like I, like I am really good at certain types of sales. Like I'm really good at highly emotive selling. Okay. You know, so anything where I can talk to the individual and they can have like there's an outcome for them personally mm-hmm. in, in terms of like solving the problem or getting the product or service or whatever, like that's where I'm especially good at. Um, and so like reading the person and eliciting the emotions that I want to elicit and stuff like that, that's really my form of selling, mm-hmm. you know? So like B2B, it doesn't translate that well to like an enterprise sale. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's not emotional. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, have you had it, like, have you observed anyone online in, in this space, sales coaching Cult. and <laughs> consulting? Cult assaulting. Yeah. Cult assaulting. That um, has given up a fortune for fame? Like that you've seen go like shit the bed or just like, you know, have something go wrong monetarily that brings them attention, negative attention. But they're like, oh, that attention. I, I like that. And they go hard in the paint and decide like I want more followers and I want to be hated. I want interactions online rather than the money that could come of it. Well, it's hard to say because I wouldn't know. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because the outward would always be, look at all this attention and money that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, I got told a couple of years ago that if you buy a Lambo, you'll pay it off in a week. Yeah. You know, um, which I thought was kind of gross. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but I think I've seen, I've seen people overdo it. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I don't have any of the information, right? So I couldn't, I couldn't know. I could make some assumptions, but I've seen people, I think, try to be everything to everyone and it not go well. Okay. And I know their business kind of like just sort of ticks along and does okay and provides a decent life for the for the people that, that do that. But it's like, I think a lot of people, especially in coaching, consulting, they're looking for the next way to generate the next sale. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Like very few people from what I've seen have thought about like the long-term branding ramifications and what they want to be known for and having a content direction like like we have, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, sit down, what are we doing? What promos are we going to do? Where's the business headed? What does the theming need to be? And what should we be talking about? And then from there, like that's planned out somewhat in advance, you know? And so, and we have an overall brand. This is kind of how we want to be known. This is what we want to do. 
Um, and I just don't, that's not very common. Okay. You know, because it looks like a lot of it's sort of peppering stuff. And I've seen a couple of brands, which I won't name the people, that I can see have sold out to a way of doing things that only generates money. Okay. Right? So, like, because there are things that, like, like, for example, like I've said it before, if I decided to start selling sales biz op, fuck $10 million a month. Yeah. Like, I could make 7th level a $100 million a year revenue in company in probably three or four months. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but there's long-term ramifications to doing that. Mm. And do I think it's ethical? No. Do I think it's sustainable? No. Do I think I can make a shitload of money in a short period of time, buy 25 houses and probably retire? Mm. Yes. Yeah. You know, but is that like the legacy that wants to be left? Is that what the brand of seventh level is designed to do? No, it's not. So what so would that look like? That idea. would be you market to people who are not salespeople, people truck drivers, really whatever. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> say in six weeks, I can turn you I'll into take, a I'll 30K closer. Yeah. I'll take the pain away. I'll yeah. teach you a skill. We're in your living room. You can earn 10K a month. Yeah. And you would for sure teach them a skill, but they would not be able to monetize it in that way. It's just too, it's just like, it's too hard. Yeah. You know, and th- but the problem is there would be people who did it. Yeah, of course. Right. And you would make sure of that because you put them in a, posi- like, yeah. You, you but, one oh, but then the, the one in 100 or one in 1,000 that actually does it, those become all your testimonials. Yeah. If you sign up enough people, you have enough testimonials and it's like, well, your mindset's bad. <laughs> it always comes back to the mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I've, I see that and like, to me, like, I, listen, I get it. Get, get do the business thing. I totally understand, um, but that's to me like that's the start of the sinking ship. Yeah. As soon as people start like going after what I consider to be the most vulnerable population. Yeah. To me, that's like okay, the clock's now on. I don't know how long that clock goes for, but I know it doesn't go for more than three or four years mm-hmm. because like the FTC will ensure it doesn't go for that long. Yeah. Because like those businesses are incredibly easy to scale quickly. Now, when you scale fast, you get audited. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden, people start poking through and poking into things and all that kind of stuff. Like, we're going for the AFR, right? The Australian fi- Financial Review Fastest Growing Companies. Our accountant sat down and said, you will definitely get top 10, which means you will be audited. Okay. So they're going, so they said, do we really want to do this? Because it will trigger a full audit. The top 10 get audited every year. Right. Right? And I was like, and I go, well, if we get audited, it'll be okay. He goes, it'll be totally fine. And he goes, usually I recommend against it, but in the case of you guys, because you'd probably get a ton of consulting clients out of it, it's probably worth doing. Yeah. You know? Because we'll be the only sort of sales-related business there. Yeah, right. So when we go to those things, we'll get a bunch of million seven-figure consulting deals. Yeah. Like we have with some of the other businesses that we've been consulting with recently, you know? Yeah. So, you know. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. I mean, that's... Bit of nuance. But, I mean, that ties back to saying before that you never want to live your life in a way where you're worried about the phone ringing. Yeah. You're just like, if the audit comes, I know that that's going to be a headache. Yeah. But I'm not going to get in trouble out of it. No. It's going to cause... It's going to cost me a bunch of money to do the bullshit and time. Yeah. But everything's above board. We try and run everything in a way where it's above board. We try and treat our employees well and pay them well and... Make sure that, like, you know, I think we talked about it before, but, like, COVID fucked over a lot of businesses, but mm. it mainly fucked over shitty ones. Yeah. You know? So I apologize if you're one of the ones that have got fucked over, but chances are... Or, or very young ones as well. Yeah, very young ones. But, yeah. like, a lot of the established businesses that went down is because, like, they just... They were doing things in a way which was legal yet probably not right. Yeah. You know? Just the way you employ people, your tax, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, if you're taking in all cash and having contractors... Mate, like, you know, you, 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 you benefited for that for 10 years. Yeah. Like you should have put the money away. Yeah. You know, I used to have a client pots point and I used to park illegally every time I went there and of the probably hundreds of times I went there, I got three parking fines Worth it. and every time I wasn't not mad at all. No. I was like, uh, this is, you won this round. Yeah. This is the way it goes. And I thought that of so many businesses that yeah. were like jumping up and down complaining, there's no government support for me. And it's like, well. Right. You you didn't pay a lot of the tax that you probably should have. Yeah. Like, and this was your opportunity to get it back. Yeah. Whereas, like, I pay, you know, I'm getting a seven-figure tax bill. Yeah. It's like, well, so it's like if something shits the bed and the government is the one shutting me down, then I would expect to get that seven figures back. Yeah. Which is, I think, fair. Yeah. You know, plus I'm paying payroll tax. Do you know what payroll tax is for? No. It pays, Just like, the construction industry's, like, supers. Really? Yeah. Right. That's okay. what it was designed for. So that's that's the main functionality of payroll tax is to pay the superannuation for industries that don't pay superannuation but should. Yeah, right. So like it's 
hey, man, you're doing the right things, so we'll fuck you over, uh, and you give us 6% of your payroll, and then we'll give it to other people who aren't doing the right things. So, I don't believe you. Yeah. The government would never... <laughs> The government would never take money off no. of people who are doing the right thing yeah. and give it to people who are not. No. That would never happen. That's true. I, I actually, I, I, go on, I go on here on record. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. How dare you yeah. imply it? I'll, right. I'll, I'll have a chat with Andrew Tate about it. <laughs> <laughs> His marketing is genius. The, yeah. It's fucking insane. So every now and then you see him break character and he'll say something he goes, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that. like he can't <laughs> even he's believe like, the nonsense like, He's like, I don't believe but, I mean, I feel bad for the little losers that are like, yeah. yeah that's, that's the problem, right? And again, but that's the ticking time clock. Because the moment you start marketing to the vulnerable, yeah, like then like the time clock is on. Now, he'll make so much money, he'll never have to work again. Mm. He will make $100 million in the next six months. Yeah. Like, and then he'll disappear. Disappear. Like, he'll, he'll, like, he, the, gotcha. You want to know when, when he disappears? The moment he flogs an NFT. You reckon? That is the end of him. Right, like Jake Paul, all those dudes, man. Like they're all flogging NFTs, and like now it's sort of getting illegal. Like I think uh, one of the guys at Celsius got arrested for insider okay. trading, right? Because he knew it was happening. I think it was Celsius, which is now bankrupt. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So like that to me is like the final crescendo of this game artist. That's the that's the last hurrah. Yeah, you do like a fucking moonshot NFT, NFT, and then you fucking rug pull it, and you. Like that's your final, mm-hmm. your final thing. That's your goodbye like, present to yourself. Just fuck over a bunch of eighteen-year-olds who have taken mom and dad's credit card, put it in their crypto wallet. Yeah, and are angry because they asked a girl out and she said no, and so now they're inspired yeah. by hatred for the rest of their life. Yeah, man. Like you know, you know, it's it's really easy to do. Like because you can see, like I've seen the numbers on BizOps. You know what I mean? And some listen, some BizOps are legit. They're really good. We do the marketing for a BizOps, but it's a Super high end biz up only for accredited investors. Mm. Like it's five, it's five hundred k plus. These people have like significant liquidity, significant assets. The due diligence, it's a fucking six month close. It takes goddamn forever, but they're great deals, and it is a biz up, mm. you know. But that's a very established, very high end biz up, right? Where like it's a very complicated sale because those people have lawyers and shit, you know, you yeah. know. But we've also been a part of like lower end biz ups, and it's like you, you see the. You know, and like some of them were good, some of them were not. Like we, the ones that were not, we got rid of as fast as we figured it out. But it's like, it just makes marketing easy. Are mm. you fucking unhappy? Yes. Sweet. Do you want me to take the pain away and tell you skill or give you a thing that'll give you free money? Because like what a biz op is, it's like coaching programs are designed to teach people something, mm-hmm. right? Who who want to be taught to then translate that into work and skill and money, mm-hmm. right? So coaching programs are like, their cost per acquisition is a bit higher because like there's a higher level of intent there. BizOp is people who see themselves who have no skill and want to find a way to make money where it doesn't take more work or more skill. Mm. And it's the business opportunity. Hey, do this stupidly easy thing and make money. Right? There's a loophole. It's like, well, is there? Right? <laughs> right? So like you you like that marketing is really easy. Um, and so like, it's a, I think it's a really big draw card for a lot of people who don't do branding Mm. or don't do it very well, don't have clear messaging and don't have a direction because they start to reach the outer limits. Their conversion and reach circles have, have merged. So the only thing you can do from there is just burn cold traffic and you can't burn cold traffic into like a, an information product. Because, like, it's just going to be too expensive. You'll end up paying $5,000 to get a $6,000 sale, mm. you know? So the only way you can do it is by going after more vulnerable, easier to um, sort of influence people. But then from there, like, there's only so many of <laughs> those around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then you start burning, and then I've seen the edges of that burn, and it's like, dude, the numbers get insane. Yeah. I've seen dudes spend $15,000 a day on, like, on ads. To where, like, a booked call for just a 15-minute discovery is costing two, 3000 bucks. Wow. Like crazy numbers, man. And, like, instead of backing it off and, like, trying to rebrand and go back out, they just turn it up harder. And they just chase large sales. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've seen it. It's fucking. Chase like, it into the <sighs> ground. <laughs> All right, bro. I've sat down with clients who are doing it. And I'm like, hey, man, like, this is what's happening. I, I, like, I'm on your team, but I see what's happening. We need to have a chat about this because I've I have the benefit of like 
yes, I've run a few businesses, but I've seen a lot. Yeah. I've been involved in many. So now it's like I can see what's happening and provide them with advice. They almost will never take it. Yeah. Like I could I could lay out the next six months of their life and go, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't fix it right now. And none of them will listen. Mm. But it is what it is. Woo. All right. All right. I reckon we wrap it there. Sweet. If you guys do want that kind of advice, if you want me to tell you if your business is doing <laughs> terrible or doing great, um, because be of the benefit somewhere. of my hide and sight, then you can go ahead and book a call. We have like, I think two spots open for consulting right now for people who want to scale up and ramp up their sales and marketing. Okay. It's called the business growth blueprint. So we'd never advertise it. It's the first time anyone's ever heard that. Okay. Um, but you can, there'll be a link somewhere down below where you can go ahead and apply. We can usually take on, like two or three a month because it's like an eight to 12 week process that's very time intensive for all the hierarchy. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Get on it ain't cheap, boys. <laughs> Get on it. Get on it. Uh, if you do like this content, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you're audio only, well done. Go and check it out on the YouTube channel if you want to see my beautiful face and Pat's face. <laughs> Pat's also face. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.